0: You are listening to the purvakhyan podcast where we discuss historical events and impressions of the past. This podcast is dedicated in the loving memory of our late grandfather, Kaka Sahib Chitay. He loved to tell stories, all kinds of stories, especially about his experiences. His face lit up when he shared stories and they were such in detail as if he remembered them from a few minutes ago. He always shared a piece of his past. He would share his tales, hoping to let us learn from them and imbibe our own versions into our lives. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Purvakian podcast. This is our first episode of the series, wherein we will discuss the impressions that historical events, ages and eras have had on today's world. Let us begin the first episode of this podcast with the era that was the beginning of all the eras of Indian history. And thus, the world. Today, we will be exploring the Vedic Age. We will be taking a brief
1: look at the fairly well-known parts of the history of the Vedic Age. We have divided this segment of the series into two episodes. One concerning to the information regarding the attributes of the Vedic Age and another one with an in-depth discussion of the various theories regarding the Vedic Ages and which ones seem to be more plausible.
0: All right, let's dive in. The Vedic Age, it is often called the heroic age of ancient Indian civilization. We do not know for sure when exactly the Vedic Age begins or when it ends. However, we do know that it is well before 1500 BCE. If you're curious as to the reason for this, stick around for our next episode on the Vedic Ages where we will discuss the same.
1: Well, let's move to the Vedic Age, which is divided into two sub-ages, the Rig Vedic and the Later Vedic Ages. It is the formative period where basic foundations of Indian civilization were laid down. These include the emergence of early Hinduism as foundational religion of India and the social or religious phenomenon known as caste. The source for this particular extract on the caste system is Wikipedia, but we might want to take this with a little grain of salt as this particular statement does not reflect complete and fair data analysis.
0: That is exactly why some argue that this system of caste in the Vedic ages wasn't implemented in the same way as the present-day conceptualists, but it was merely a segregation of different sectors of professions for a smoother functioning of society. And we will dig deeper into this particular phenomenon when we start talking about the life of the Vedic age.
1: And there also happens to be an extract in Grigveda saying, I am a poet, my father is a physician and my mother grinds upon the stone. Here, note that the physician was a well-known and accepted profession at such an early period of time. And the family seems to have three totally different occupations. This basically shows that the Rig Vedic age did not have something like a caste system. However, there are instances of this system in the later Vedic age.
0: Okay, now you've talked about a few lines from the Rig Veda. We know that there are three more such Vedas, right? Why don't we introduce these Vedas and get to know what exactly do they mean in the Vedic age? Yes.
1: Yes. Let us first take a glimpse of one of the Prathanas or prayer for Lord Ganesha, the Pratham Pujaniya God, for an auspicious beginning of this podcast. The chanting that we will present has the proper annotations and pronunciations, which is the only way to grasp the true essence of the Prathana. Note that this is a Prathana from the Rig Veda, and all of us have probably heard of the Prathana at some point of time, but never knew it came from the Vedas. So here is my friend Sai Arya chanting the Ganesh Prathna.
2: Gana twa am thwa kanapatikum kavim kafinam upamashravastamam cheshthara jam brahmanam Pramaras Patana Shunwan notibesi tasadanam Prano Devi Sarasvati Vajepit Vajinivati Tina Mavitrayavatu Karishayanamaha Sarasvatiyanamaha Shi Guru Pyo Namaha Hari he om om shanti 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 he. Svastip prajapya paripalayantam nyayena markeena mahimahishaha. Go brahma nepya shubha Samastha Lokaha Sukhino Bhavantu Samastha Pavantu, Sukhino Bhavantu Pavantu Lokaha Sukhino Bhavantu Om Shanti 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 hai.
3: The meaning of the Ganesh Prarthana is I pray to you, the lord of the demigods who removes obstacles. You are omniscient with complete knowledge. You know more than anybody else. I have come to you recognizing your greatness. You are the emperor of emperors. You are Brahma. I have propitiated you With my chanting of adoring hymns, I salute to you for the fulfillment of my desires. You are the highest treasure among all treasures. You grant your devotees the treasures of both food and wisdom. We invoke Saraswati, the goddess of speech. May she be pleased with us and inspire our intelligence. And The meaning of the Shanti Mantra is May there be happiness for all the people. May the rulers righteously rule the earth. May there be welfare for the animals and men of wisdom at all times. May all beings be happy and prosperous. Thank you, Sayarya. Also,
0: another thank you for chanting the second shloka and wishing all of us a happy and healthy life. With this, let
1: us travel through the Vedas. The Vedas, meaning knowledge, are the oldest texts of Indian civilization, though passed down orally for over a hundred thousand years. The Vedas are said to be Vedaha, meaning infinite are the Vedas, and apaurusheya meaning not of human origin, and anadi, meaning without a beginning in terms of time, they are divided into four branches. These are first Rigveda, second Yajurveda, third Sam Veda and fourth Atharvaveda. Where Atharvaveda later got subdivided into Krishna Yajur and Shukla Yajurveda. Each Veda has three portions: the Samhitas, the Brahmanas, and the Aranyakas. Om is the pranava, controller of life force, from which all the Vedas emerged. The Vedas explore origin of life, highlighting the ideals of human existence. That is the essence of Vedas. The Vedas not only talk about the origin and ideals of human life and spirituality, but also consist of information regarding the then-used medicine, rituals, lifestyle and geography. They basically also give a deep insight in the lives of the Vedic people.
0: Let us now speak a little more about the Vedic life. First, let us take a brief look at the Rig Vedic or the early Vedic age life. In the early Vedic age, the society's political structure was somewhat similar to the monarchical form but the Gopatis, which was literally translated into cow protector's office, wasn't hereditary. They were selected among the clansmen. The society wasn't divided on caste lines, and the Rajans, the Purohits, and the Artisans were also a part of the clan networks. Occupation was not based on birth here. Members of the family could adopt different occupations as they wanted to choose. Some of the important functionaries of the Rigvedic society were Purohits, that were the priests, Senani, leaders of the army, and Gramini, leaders of the village.
1: Now talking about the Rigvedic Age economy, the Rigvedic Society was a pastoral society, cattle rearing being their dominant activity. Hence, a large number of words were derived from the word gau, meaning cow, and cow. Was an important unit of value. The unit of currency was nishka, which was made of gold, and barter was the model of exchange. Apart from yava or barley, no other grain is seen to be
0: mentioned. Amongst the other pr- professions that uh, the Rigveda mentions, the Rigveda also makes a mention of professions like medicine, dancing, and also a barber. The physicians were greatly respected in their skills. And they treated their patients with the help of herbs and plants that are mentioned in the Ayurveda and practiced also some sort of surgery. The women in the Rigvedic age were also very well respected and were equally given the same opportunities as the men. Through all of this we see that people helped each other in this period. They respected each other, even as strangers. They all viewed each other as equals. So we see a relatively simple and peaceful life in the Rig Vedic Age.
1: Let us turn our attention towards the Later Vedic Age. The Later Vedic Age is characterized by more complexities in social, political and economic life. The core geographical area of the Rig Vedic texts correspond to eastern Afghanistan, Punjab and western Uttar Pradesh. Whereas, in case of later Vedic texts, they correspond to the Kuru Panchal region, which comprised of the Indo-Gangetic plain dividing the upper Ganga valley. The term Rashtra also first appears in this period.
0: In this age, the predominantly pastoral society of the early Vedic times had now become agricultural. It should be noted that even in the later Vedic times, the king did not possess a standing army and tribal units were to be mustered in times of war. Traces of election of the king or the chief appeared in the later Vedic texts. However, the system was more gradually moving to hereditary. Considering all of these changes, along with the changes happening around the world, the economy must have also changed.
1: Exactly. The economy changed comparatively and we see that it grew into an iron phase culture and is also called as PGW since pale grey ware became widely in use. Agriculture emerged as a chief means of livelihood that we even see today. Rice and wheat became the staple diet of the people and lentils were also grown. Exchange was also via barter and Nishka was used as a convenient unit of value.
0: Although, the women in the later Vedic age were not given as many opportunities as in the Rig Vedic age, and the later Vedic society seems to be clearly divided into four varnas: Brahmanas, Rajanas or Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras. So we see a caste system emerging in the later Vedic age, but not in the early Vedic age. Some scholars, although, who have asserted the existence of the caste system during the early Vedic period, refer to a mantra in the 10th mandal of Rig Veda, which says, Brahmanas sprang from the head of Brahma, Kshatriyas from his arms, the Vaishyas from his thighs, and the Shudra from his feet. This translation of the mantra has been challenged by certain group of scholars, and they would like to translate it in a different way. The division of the society was on principle of profession, not hereditary, since in the early Vedic age, one could choose their profession according to one's liking or ability, where the brahmanas, who were the men that gained knowledge and acquired to be intelligent and wise, are described as the head, indicating the brain. The kshatriyas, who are concerned with the use of physical force, are described as the arms, since arms, or rather our hands, do most of the physical work than the rest of our body. And Vaishyas had to travel from one place to another for the purpose of trade and commerce, hence described as thighs. Finally, the Shudras, who are the people that did the utmost necessary and everyday works, are representing the feet, because the feet help us to move, help our body to move forward and thus signifying that the human society could also move forward.
1: By common sense, the second translation describes the professions and their roles in society and hence seems to be more plausible, doesn't it? And that is how we get to know that a slight mistranslation can cause huge unrest and consequences in society.
0: It could have also been a limitation of mindset as we see that today's society can only view the caste system as a form of social discrimination. This is obviously a product of the mindset that shifted towards a hierarchical form of the caste system rather than just pure professional divisions. We see this forming uh, even before the colonial period entered in India. I guess this persisting mindset was completely responsible for the mistranslations we see here.
1: Also, when I was researching for this episode of the series, I found little credible information. When we search the internet, and I don't mean just surfing through Google and clicking the first website that pops up, but like actually going through many websites, searching for the topic, we don't actually find accurate information regarding this particular age. Of course, we do have the Vedas, the oldest literature to be written that has been passed down by oral tradition But nothing written as history about the Vedic age seems to be a fact since most of the websites write about the Aryan invasion theory as a fact and literally assume most of what they write. Although, talking to a few people who have learnt and have an understanding of the Vedas, we realise that the Vedas, being infinite and having no human origin, are not composed by the Vedic people but rather that the Vedic people followed ideals described in the Vedas.
0: We see that the Vedas talk in depth about the adhyatmic value of a person. They talk about the atma of a person, the soul. They teach people to value their atma first, then their mind, and then their body. The Vedas include practices on all sorts of forms of science even those that are not yet comprehensible by modern scientific minds. They talk of the science of medicine, of geography and even of metallurgy. This never comes to light when we search about the Vedic ages, be it in our textbooks or YouTube or the internet. This is the reason why our next episode is regarding the various theories put up by people regarding the Vedic age and its timeline which to this day is still debated upon.
1: So hope you enjoyed this podcast and look forward to our next episode where we discuss the theories related to Vedic H. Thank, Thank
2: you. you.